0: Did the Rams get a defensive steal, too, in the draft? We're going to talk about the outlook of the cornerback position next on Locked on Rams. You are locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Rams your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you're joining us on YouTube, leave a comment, leave a like. And if you're new to the channel, be sure to hit that subscribe button. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And as always, I'm joined by the host of the Rams pre-half and post-game show on their flagship station, ESPN 710, the legend, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on Twitter at Travis Rogers. Trav, you ready to continue breaking down this draft? I think we might have another steal by the Rams.
1: Look, they had more picks than just about anybody ever, so I hope there's a couple of uh, a couple of gems, a couple of steals and a couple of very very good players in this draft. Let's do it. Yeah, the more I watch this guy, the more I fall in love with him. Of course, I'm talking about
0: Trevase Hodges Tomlinson. A lot of fans out there said he might go to another Los Angeles team because, of course, his uncle was a star, Ladanian Tomlinson, so he has sure. that pedigree. But he's 5'8", 178 pounds. The Rams, they picked him with the 182nd pick. He was picked in the sixth round. And this guy has all the accolades. I mean, last year he wins the Jim Thorpe Award for the best cornerback in college football. First team all American. This guy has been an absolute stud throughout his career. Only issue is his size. He is bite size at five foot eight, one hundred and seventy eight pounds. Does his size
1: concern you at all, or do you think he can be a productive quarterback in the league? It does surprise. It, it does concern me. Yes, and, and I go back to something that my my friend and my my longtime co-host uh, Keyshawn Johnson told me one time when it comes to NFL players you can have one guy on your team that's that's undersized but you can't have many more than just one that you can't have a bunch of guys that are little this is a big man's sport this is a sport where a lot of the wide receivers that you're being asked to cover a lot of the guys that you're going to be matching up with are way north of six feet way north of 200 pounds and sometimes you know 250 and beyond, sometimes 6'4 and beyond, and asking somebody that's 5'8", 178. And by the way, these are the numbers that we're giving. Who knows what the actual numbers are, right? If you're getting 5'8", that may be something even a little bit less than that. If you're getting 178 pounds, it might be a little bit less than that. I go back to what we saw with with somebody like Tutu Atwell, right? And they're telling you that, oh, no, he's 180. And then you find out that he's more like 160-something Little guys in this league typically don't work, but they don't always not work. And there is something about talent. There is something about pedigree. There is something about taking a chance on a guy that can do a lot of special things. I I, I am. I'm not going to be dishonest. I I do think that there is a a big, giant concern when it comes to his size. But I do think that where they got him in the sixth round, there was some value there. And if it doesn't work out, it's not like you spent a lot of draft capital to go get him. I think it was worth the risk. Exactly. I mean, at the end, I think you nailed it right there. Really, not too much downside
0: when you consider where they selected him there in the sixth round. Let's be honest here. If this guy was a few inches taller, he'd be in the mix for the top cornerback taken in this draft. He'd be there with guys like Witherspoon out of Illinois, with Gonzalez out of Oregon. It's just his size is an issue. But I also look at his productivity. If you look at the college level, you know, I bring my facts to the fight. According to Pro Football Focus, 21 fourth incompletions. completions. That was Thompson all of college football, a 42.5 passer rating on 547 coverage snaps. He was targeted 81 times and only allowed 28 catches for 365 yards and two touchdowns. So what he makes for what he lacks in size, I think he makes up for in heart with his tenacity, with the way he uses his leverage and the help around him. But I think the big question is, can he do it at this level? And I think, Can he do it? That's the big question. Will he do it? That's something entirely different. But I definitely think he has the mental makeup, the moxie. I like what he said after he was drafted. He was quoted saying, I'm going to make sure that this pick right here is going to be one of the greatest picks they ever had. I'm going to continue to show others why they shouldn't have passed up on me. So yes, he is shorter. Yes, he definitely could use some more size. But to me, he has that GTDIH syndrome. He's got that dog in him, right? X-rays will show he's got three full-size pit bulls in him. Do you think he can make up for that size with his mindset, with his aggression, and with his tenacity?
1: I I think that it helps, and I think that if you are 5'8", you have to have that or else you're not even getting to the point that he's gotten to, which was having an incredibly successful college career, competing at a high level at a place like TCU. Yes, I think he's competitive. I think he has heart. I think he has grit, all of these things. So does DK Metcalf, who's six foot five, two hundred and sixty pounds. <laughs> so so does D- so does Debo Samuel, who's a big, strong, powerful guy. These are the guys in their division that he's going to be asked to go up against on a regular basis. I love heart, I love grit, I love tenacity, but it can only do so much when the other guy on the other side has the same amount, has the same sort of intangible qualities. And he's got six inches on you. There, there, there is a real concern there that I, I've seen what guys like DK Metcalf can do to guys that are big and physical, guys like Jalen Ramsey, who's six foot two, six foot three, can do the things that he can do. And now all of a sudden you're giving away six inches and who knows how many pounds. I think there's a real concern there, regardless of how much want there might be in the player.
0: Yeah, I think, too, that is a little overrated. I think the end of the day, it is about results. But I do think what we've seen smaller cornerbacks, guys like Antoine yep. Whitfield, guys that have been able to get it done. And like I said, it's the leverage that he plays with. And I think it's the role that they could have for him on this team. I think if you look at the role they could have for him is what do we talk about in some of these – previous shows it's the death by paper cuts that really hurt the rams last season i mean teams were nickel and diming them on quick snaps quick plays on the edges he's the guy that has that aggressive mindset to just wreak havoc and be disruptive and go up there and make some plays but that, before we end this segment though one thing i want to ask you is i know you're high on emmanuel forbes i mean i talked mm-hmm. about cam smith some of these cornerbacks that we thought maybe. The Rams would target early in this draft. We know, of course, they go with Steve Avila with that first pick. But do you think the Rams should have gotten a cornerback earlier in this draft?
1: I think that had they done it, it would have been a fine choice. I think that the Rams, you know, like we talked about with the choice of Avila, they talked about the choice with the other players that they took with their their higher picks. They have a lot of needs, and if they felt that their needs were better served on the offensive line, if they felt that their needs were better served on the edge, then I'm going to defer to guys like Les Snead and Sean McVay deciding which holes to prioritize first. If they thought that they could do better in the secondary with Tomlinson uh, in the sixth round with somebody like Jason Taylor at safety in the seventh round, then I'm okay with that, that this is a football team that does have multiple needs and that they decided to prioritize them where they did. I think that I can live with it.
0: Yeah, and we know that they drafted – Steve Avila and your guy, Emmanuel Forbes, he was taken with the 16th pick by the Commanders. My guy, Cam Smith, was drafted with the 51st pick by the Miami Dolphins. So, look, it's okay. And I think when you look at the cornerback position, it's starting to become like the quarterback position where you just have to draft these guys and as many opportunities as you can to draft them and see if they work out. You're not going to hit on all of them. But coming up next year on Locked On Rams, we're going to talk about the cornerback position right now, the state of the cornerback position with the Rams. That's coming up in just a second.
1: First, let's talk a little bit about Built Bar. I know that I and Doug and you and really everybody is always looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the junk that goes along with it, namely all the sugar and all the calories. Then you need to get your hands on the best tasting protein bar ever built you gotta try this if you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on eating something that tastes great just the thing for you built bars and built puffs built bars are healthy and they taste amazing seriously they are so good you're gonna be thinking there's no way that this is good for me you gotta get your hands on one you gotta try it so what makes them so good well this is a great spot to start they're covered in 100 real chocolate that's right 100% real chocolate. There's all sorts of killer flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. My favorite, chocolate almond. You can't beat that. I'm not sure how they do it. It's not really up to me. All I know is that while the bar tastes great, it has amazing macros. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 14 grams of protein. You can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com, but your local Walmart or Sam's Club, you can go in and buy a box of right now. Built.com, Walmart, Sam's Club. If you're close to that Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff, and you can thank me later. And once again, let us thank you for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day, and for you every day is coming up on the next podcast. We're going to talk about some of these draft picks that we spent the last couple of days breaking down. Which of these guys actually have a chance to be a week one starter? That's coming up on your next edition of locked on Rams right now we're going to take a look at the cornerback
0: position and just the overall outlook of the position and guys they need to step up next season. And can Tomlinson have a role next year? So, Travis, look, we know that Jalen Ramsey is no longer a Los Angeles Ram. He was one of the most talented cornerbacks in the league. And there's not a lot of talent at the position. A lot of unproven guys they really just haven't done much. I mean, Darian Kendrick played 44% of the team snaps last season, but he's thrown. He was a sixth-round pick. He was a rookie last year. He was 85th out of the 87th of the outside cornerbacks in adjusted yards, allowed – Per snap, So that was a good year for him. Robert Rochelle, I think, has the biggest upside, but really he was just average. I mean, and also he struggled to get on the field. He just played 2.4% of the team's defensive snaps. Then you got Kobe Durant, who really was the bright spot of this group. But when you look at this quarterback position, Travis, just what is your general outlook of it? And where do you think they need to improve heading into this year?
1: Well, I think that the the group as a whole is probably the biggest question mark that you have on this team coming into the 2023 season, that as bad as the offensive line was last year, you are getting some of those pieces back. You are going to have a guy like Joe Nopum come back. You're going to have Logan Bruss, who you drafted very high last year, come back. Hopefully Brian Allen is more healthy. you got Coleman. Shull. These guys that were supposed to be a part of your regular offensive line Are going to be back. So, and then of course, you got the addition of a guy like Avalos. So, while that was the number one problem last year, it does feel like just kind of running it back again, having that kind of bad luck is very unlikely. The secondary, though, like you're talking about, Doug is a very different animal, that you have not only some corners that are very inexperienced, the guys that you mentioned, Rochelle and Durant and Kendrick, but the guy that kind of held it down, the guy that was able to make some big plays, the guy that could at least theoretically take a, a third of the field and say, okay, it's not coming over here, was number five. He's gone. He, he's he's on to a new team right now. So Jalen Ramsey is down the street, and now all of a sudden you got to figure out what you have. And I think that the answer is, and I think the reason that you saw them take a pick on Tomlinson, I think the reason that you might see some of these undrafted guys that they signed, or maybe they make a trade during camp or early in the season, they're going to have to figure out what they have at corner because – they didn't get a ton of production out of that spot last year. They are very, very green. There were some moments where it looked pretty good. Like you said, Kobe Durant had some moments where you're like, okay, that looks pretty darn good. You go back two seasons ago, and Robert Rochelle was this close to working his way into the starting lineup, and then he got hurt. And then all of a sudden you had Darius Williams come back, and he started to resolidify himself in that spot. So there's been a lot of flux there, but this is the first time – In years where there isn't Jalen Ramsey there, there's a ton of pressure on these guys. And I don't know if anybody, including Sean McVay, including Les Snead, including Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator, that has a really good idea of who's going to slot where. We can take guesses at it, but I think that the competition you see in in dual workouts, the competitions that you see inside you know, inter-squad games, and maybe even a little bit of anti-Sean McVay kind of things, maybe you see some of these guys in the preseason competing for those spots. Because I think this is as wide open as we've ever seen it.
0: Yeah, I think it's absolutely wide open. There's so much unknown, and you just don't know which guys are going to step up, which guys are going to turn the corner. Yes. Kobe Duran, he definitely, he provided a boost there and you saw that potential, but he didn't really start getting run until week 13. So he's still a big unknown. He got some time there at the slot position. I think the big concern for me is the lack of length. Rochelle is the only cornerback that's over six feet tall. So they have to find a way to get some length. I mean, Tomlinson, he did play on the outside in college and he was able to, to have success against taller receivers on the outside. Can he do that in the NFL? I have my doubts. I think he can be disruptive. Like I said, being aggressive, kind of working underneath that zone shell there. But this quarterback position, when you go from a Jalen Ramsey led cornerbacks position, where like you said, he's basically taking away a third of the field, going to a lot of unproven guys, you're just going to have to be in wait and see mode mode and see if one of these guys can step up. I still I'm a believer in Rochelle. I'm not selling my Rochelle stock, but still, I mean, only playing 2.4% of the team's defensive snaps, that is not a big enough sample size to even have any type of assessment on it. But next we're going to talk about can they replace Jalen Ramsey. We're going to look back on that trade just a little bit here coming up on this next segment here on Locked on Rams. All right, so Travis, I know you've talked about the Jalen Ramsey trade a lot okay yeah. but still I think we have to look back at it just one more time because it kind of gives us a glimpse into the future at that position so we know Jalen Ramsey he essentially forced the trade to the Miami Dolphins the Rams didn't get very much in return they get a backup tight end in Tunter Long they get a 2023, 2023 third round pick but just when you look back at that trade I think it's going to impact this position this year
1: I think it really is, and I think it affects the entire secondary um, with with him gone because if you kind of run it back you know, with Jalen Ramsey the last few years and even a little bit before then, you look at where this Rams defense has been built, and obviously it kind of starts and ends with Aaron Donald up front. He's the one that's going to kind of be the engine. He's going to get pressure on the quarterback. He's going to stop the run, and that obviously helps your secondary. But what the Rams have had up until this season – that we're about to start here in just a little bit is a veteran group of guys back there that Jalen Ramsey not only has been around a long time, he was the best in the business for a number of years. He might still be at the top of the list in best cover corner in the league. But you go back and you look at the guys that they've had over the years, whether it's Aqib Tlaib, whether it's Marcus Peters, whether it's a guy like Jalen Ramsey, even in that the other parts in the safety, you got Eric Weddles, you've got Nikel Roby Coleman was with the Rams for a couple of years in the slot, and he was an invaluable player because he could play inside and outside. What do all these guys have in common? They've been in the league a long time. They really understood how to play NFL football. They were very quick to adapt to the schemes that the players, whether it was Wade Phillips, whether it's Raheem Morris, whoever it was, they very quickly understood what it was to play that team style of defense. You've got a bunch of guys that are in year one and year two that are very inexperienced. And I think that Jalen Ramsey, even last year with some younger players, was still kind of the old man out there on the field, and I mean that as a compliment, not as as, as something that he did not had lost a step. Now there isn't that person. There isn't even a Darius Williams who we saw go to Jacksonville last offseason, and all of a sudden you're looking around, well, you haven't been out here any longer than I have, and I think that that is a huge thing that the Rams are going to have to figure out. Somebody's going to have to take advantage of I'm going to take, I'm going to take the leadership of our back four here on this defense. I don't know who it's going to be, but I know that Sean McVay is going to be looking for it from the moment they get into camp.
0: Yeah, no, I think you bring up some of those names in the past. And yeah, this team has always been able to have those cornerbacks, guys that have been able to have impacts. You go from Tremado Johnson to Kayvon yep. Webster to Akeem Taleb to Marcus Peters. They've always been able to find those guys. And in 2019, they get Jalen Ramsey, really one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Now, my friend who's a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, yes, they do exist. <laughs> I'll take your word me, for it. Apparently, right? He's like one of six. <laughs> but he texted me after that trade was made. He said, There will come a day. When Jalen Ramsey will start pouting with the Rams and he'll try to force his way out. And if he doesn't get his demands, if you don't acquiesce to him, he's going to act like he's injured. So look, the point I'm trying to make is Les Snead really didn't have any way to get out of that. He had no leverage whatsoever. He was always going to get his way. And yes, we've talked about those cornerbacks they've had in the past. Can you get the next Jalen Ramsey? Can you do it through the draft? Well, it's unlikely if you're picking cornerbacks there in the sixth round and also if you look at they don't have the draft capital they do have a mountain of dead cap and they don't have the cap space they had a quarterback on a rookie contract they have Matt Stafford now so it's tough to really fill that position with elite corners that you go and find on the open market but look at the end of the day that move was made to try to win a Super Bowl and they did just that and at the moment they're a little bereft of town at that position so I think really the onus is on The development, the development, the staff is just trying to find that next guy. And look, at the very least, they know how to use Jalen Ramsey in that mold. And yes, we'll see Rochelle. Can he be that guy? Look, that's a very high standard. I don't want to put that kind of pressure on him. But as far as how physical he can be, his size, his length, they can at least use him in that way where they say, hey, he could be a guy that could fit that mold.
1: Yeah, look, I, I think that the Jalen Ramsey era of Rams football is something that we're going to look back on as a massive success. Just a massive success. He was a very expensive player to acquire. A couple of first-round draft picks. He was a very expensive player to actually pay. Fact of the matter is, they did win a Super Bowl with Jalen Ramsey. He was one of the best cornerbacks here. And I don't think that his departure and the trade that they made to Miami was out of, hey, we're done with him, or he's been disruptive or anything like that. that this was a... And look, we're at a very specific point in the development of this organization, and this does not fit our long-term plans. The Rams are in a transition period. They're trying to figure out how they go from what they have been for the last four or five or six years into what they're going to be over the next four or five, six years. Jalen Ramsey was not going to be a part of that next four or five or six years, so they made a decision. Maybe the Hall coming back the other way could have been a little bit better But again, I trust the guys that are making these decisions. I trust the guys. They've earned the trust a couple of Super Bowl runs in the last four or five years. So I think that they made a decision to kind of give him what he wants in the sense of we're going to clear this off of our books and – Let it be known to the other players in this league that we're going to take care of you, that whether or not you're going to be here, we're not going to put you in a position that maybe you don't love moving forward. They sent him to a good team. They sent him to a place that he wanted to be. And maybe in the short term, it's not necessarily something that benefits the Rams the very next season. But in the long term, I think it's good for the organization to have a reputation of people that take care of their players even as they're leaving. Man, I love that
0: point, Travis, because that is how you were going to acquire talent on the marches. You make your team, you make your organization look like that destination, and then you add it's Los Angeles. You got the weather, you got the sunshine, you got the beaches, and you know players, they want to play here. So I definitely think that – the intangible, the benefits of that—you really have that reputation around the league that this organization, they are going to take care of you. Because yeah, a lot of organizations out there—they're going to say, "Okay, we are not going to acquiesce to his demands. We're just going to trade him to the highest bidder, and if he's not happy, we're just going to sit him and we're going to have a disgruntled superstar." You don't want that. It's going to fracture the locker room. And yes, I get it. When you look at the haul they got for Jalen Ramsey, it is a head scratcher if you look at it. But if you actually understand the meaning behind it then you really understand the full picture yes i was saying less is more i mean it was less need he didn't get what he was supposed to get from that but still i think it made a lot of sense and i also think too that this team realized that hey we have to get rid of this guy and i wouldn't say it's a good riddance thing with jalen ramsey but you just don't want a disgruntled superstar on a team that is let's be honest they're in a position where, yes, you got Donald, you got Stafford, you got Cup, but still I think they would be okay to not necessarily go for the Super Bowl next season if it meant giving themselves a better chance in 2024 and beyond.
1: They are in transition mode for sure. I think that we're going to – you know, when the schedule comes out here in the next couple of weeks – We're going to have an idea of how this may shake out. And I think that this is a season where they don't need anything other than options come the end of this upcoming season. And I don't know if the Jalen Ramsey option would have been better then than it was during this offseason. I think they took advantage of it.
0: Exactly. I want all the Rams fans out there that are saying settle for less. You ever see that? Trying to make fun of the haul that he got. I don't want to see that. But we're going to talk about some of these players that the Rams drafted that could have an instant impact that could start in day one for this Rams team coming up on the next episode of locked on Rams for myself and Travis Rogers. We want to thank you. If you're new to the channel, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, drop some comments down below. I want to spend, send a shout out to the Dares. Right there rock with us every day here on Locked On Rams. You can follow Travis Rogers at Travis Rogers. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And until next time, whose house? It's Locked On Rams House.